You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan with a silent PH in the middle. And I am joined always by my wonderful uh, co-host over there, Sir Lucian from Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome, silent PH. Welcome, silence. Yes. Uh, so sorry we were off yesterday. I was. I just got very, very sick. Um, I, I did catch the coronavirus. I'm not happy about it. Um, I'm still testing positive, even though I feel pretty good. So mm-hmm. that is a mindset where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm probably fine. Like, I'm not contagious. And then I go and do a test and it's like, you're the most contagious. So that's how yeah. this is spreading. <laughs> Just yeah, FYI. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, I feel fine. No, you're, you're still real sick. Um, but uh, I'm fine. Family's good. We're all, we're all just hunkering down, quarantining. I do want to apologize to my friend Kuko, who is going to be Kugo. the uh, guest host last week. Uh, I have invited him to many things and have have had to last minute cancel many oh, times. No. Uh, in fact, all times, pretty much. I feel so bad. But you're he, becoming that guy. I am that guy. He <laughs> ran an Eberron campaign with me uh, as the player. That was when I was uh, Zix, the Goblin, in the Eberron campaign. And uh, very very nice guy, super fun DM. Um, and he was stoked to be on the show, and then it just didn't work out. But. Uh, we we will have him on. I asked him if he wanted to be on this time, Heck but yeah. he said that he had a graduation to go to. So uh, it is yeah. that time. Yeah. So it Lots is that time for graduations. So I was actually super looking forward to seeing you and Kugo on and talking. Yeah, games. would have been fun. So I I'd be super excited to have him on anytime for sure. Yeah. No, I'll keep it up there, and and uh, and we'll just talk Eberron and D and D and stuff. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's getting really amped for. Uh, what is it? Um, the Radiant Citadel. I guess they're gonna. Oh, yeah. He invited me back, and they're gonna they're gonna run a bunch of those little scenarios, um, in preparation for Spelljammer, and hopefully like turn it into some kind of cool Spelljammer game. And I'm like, that sounds fun. So that works out just because the book, yeah. Oh the, yeah, the releases yeah. and everything. That's a perfect. So I think I think it would be a fun like, like I don't know. I'm really curious about those adventures. Which is yeah. funny because I was not. I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't really care about Candlekeep. I still haven't bought Candlekeep, mm-hmm. uh, aside from D and D Beyond, but not a physical book. Um, but uh, boy, I I don't something about this idea of this Radiant Citadel. I really really like. Yeah. So, me too. And I think it's because it's maybe a location I don't know about. Whereas I kind of know about Candlekeep, or I know some stuff. So I feel like I don't necessarily need to go get another book on that. I might eventually. But this one's talking about a place that we've never visited, we don't know about, it's new, and there's a lot of things, and it could tie into Spelljammer really easily. So yeah. this one's really got my interest, too. Yeah. Also, as you were saying, uh, you were just talking about that, an idea popped in my head. I'd love to see you create Zix the Goblin in a Starfinder campaign. Yeah. If you played him in a Spelljammer, Zix must fit in a Spelljammer. No, well, I played him in an Eberron game. Oh, Eberron. Uh, well, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was a I was a swarm host ranger, so it was all about bugs and stuff. But uh, I I I mean nano that space bugs. Really let's do good. it. Like, yes, could be really fun. <laughs> uh, apparently, Zris, it's your birthday. Uh, Zris is always in chat. Our friend from the UK. So happy birthday to yeah, you. That's happy awesome. Birthday. Mine's uh, coming up. Oh, secrets. Secrets. secrets! It's coming up. Secret birthday. <laughs> June twentieth. It won't be on a show day though. 
It'll be close, but not quite. Special, special live stream event for Brit. I did. Yes. I th- I like my birthday. I did a live stream event for that. <laughs> um, yeah, good to have you back, sir. Uh, you went camping. You ran around. I guess had a good time. I did some uh, fighting event. Yep. Um, I meant to take pictures, put my armor on, and then never picked my camera up. I brought three cameras. Never even picked any of them up. Didn't take. I was dumb. Mm-hmm. But, but I had a good day just because I was out fighting and having a good time and seeing old friends. It was really kind of the first event of friends i've went to since covid like i've been out shopping or i've gone to a right store. but to see i the... might have gone to an outdoor restaurant i feel like i've not Con gone to be like, like that. friends yeah where yeah, it's yeah. like, like all... i've not been a gathering yeah and people know me and they they want to hug you or we were a hugging kind of group even before in the in the reenactment groups um i would imagine kind of like you know the play being your your first big gathering of people and part of like what your normal life was before the COVID. This was kind of the same for me was going out and, but it was outdoors and I stayed away from people and, and uh, did a good job, but I had just a lot of fun being out and uh, it felt like a little bit of normal, normalcy, however you would pronounce that word. If it is a word, um, it just felt like, you know, it was great. Something yeah. Had, and then you get complacent and you're in a play <laughs> yeah. and all of a yeah. sudden and then I go to Gen Con, a lot of I'm your cast Gen Con. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. well, here's the cool thing for you. You're close enough that you even going to Gen Con, I'm imagining you're going to have antibodies that even if it's rampant in Gen I, Con, you'll probably get it. I hope. That's yeah, it's that's it's probably like a blessing fingers. in disguise where I'm just like, all right, we're going to keep these before you for go. a month yeah. later. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, Lucian and I are going to Gen Con. We're really excited about yeah. it. Uh, that'll be fun. I did buy a couple of tickets to uh, a few locations DCC or to a few games, a DCC game and some other yeah. stuff. But boy, they sell out so fast and I, I completely uh, missed the boat. But for me, Gen Con is more like running the booths or seeing people finding my friends and then running games for them, which is what I plan to do. I think we're going to try to get that. uh, I don't know if uh, Conowich is going, but I wanted to run her and Ted and you through a kids on bikes game um, where this was before the pandemic, but in my mind I had this whole Mm -hmm. game where I was going to use the layout of Gen Con and we were going to play ourselves at a convention and then there's going to be like a zombie apocalypse. A little too on the nose now with COVID. So I don't know yeah. if I want to do that. But uh, um, yeah, you know. Yeah. And when I did, uh, I volunteered to the game master or dungeon master for Magpie a couple years ago yeah. when we went. And they paid for your ticket if you did enough games. And one of the games they had was called Urban Shadows. And you can think of that as like a supernatural, the show, or kind of modern day vampires and werewolves exist ghosts and things exist and it's it's a whole system around that and uh we were able to bring up we could create our own adventure they just wanted us to run a game using Uh that system and so i did just what you talked about i i set they were you know people that were at the convention but they they made characters where one was a you know a vampire or one was Uh a a ghost hunter or one was you know this or that and uh the the storyline was there was a kind of a whodunit murder at Gen Con and they were trying to figure out who did it and why and where, you know, was it the knife in the, in the, you know, in the library or was it with the wrench and I was kind of doing that kind of thing with it. And I thought that was really fun because we had the Gen Con map sitting out, which you could use to, to play around with. I thought that was a fun, cool idea to do. So yeah, I like your idea. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Super fun. 
Um, but let's let's now now we're just quoting uh, MST3K with my good friend Steve yes. Silverboulet. Uh, I love it so much. Um, I I made the comment that most of my D and D games just turn into MST3K episodes. I feel, but uh, let's talk about some news. There is some really cool stuff happening in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, yeah. Go with the release dates first of all. I guess those are, those have been changed, correct, for these new upcoming well, books. This is what's on their website. And it is possible that they've only told us about the changes like in tweets or other places. But I went to their website this morning. Yeah. And that's what's on the website. So it is possible these are, some of this is delayed. Yes. Um, But what I saw was July 19th was Journey Through the Radiant Citadel. August 1st was the starter set Dragons of Stormwreck Isle, which was a one through level three adventure set box set the new starter set we had seen with the cool blue dragon on it. Mm-hmm. It does have dice in it and it's got play mats and stuff and, and pre-made characters and stuff. So an, a cool starter set. If you're looking to get into Dungeons and Dragons, welcome to the show if you are. And then <laughs> uh, August 16th Spelljammer, which was the, you know, kind of, I think the big summer blockbuster release for us. I love that. I'm probably getting journey, uh, journeys through the radiant Citadel, but I'm really getting ready for that Spelljammer box that yeah. I want to go pick up. Yeah, it looks looks like the delay was just Radiant Citadel and the campaign case of Terrain, oh, uh, yeah. which was one of the extra things out. that they were talking yeah. about. So um, I think they wanted that Terrain case to come out with Radiant Citadel, but it just, I mean, ugh. Yeah. And that Terrain Gas case, prices, I think, is the supply maps chain. It's all and, crazy. like, the Pog tokens of creatures right it's like a full-on monster encounter kit right yeah 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 i think that's what it is yeah um has the the monster like stickers that you can put down or little tokens reusable tokens i should say because i think you can put the stickers on top of them again not something i'm too interested in because i got a lot of minis and stuff but if you're i mean i always talk about doing dungeons and dragons at the game store and like being able to roll that out and then have a bunch of tokens that I can easily swap out for a bunch of different monsters, that's really yeah. great. So Yeah. And I think if, you know, sometimes you want to have that visual, but you just don't have the money to buy all of yep. the terrain, all of the minis, which are really cool. You don't have time to paint them if you're buying the unpainted ones, you know. Maybe just some tokens and some stickers that move around mm-hmm. is the way to go. So for sure. Could be frugal in your gaming hobby well i was for a long time i made i actually printed out a lot of paper minis i was big into that yeah Yeah. um but but now i have friends who have 3d printers and they like hey make this for me i'm like oh cool 3d printers (laughs) yes so that was the big thing um i thought uh i just wanted to put those up at the front of the show just so people know what's coming out for the summertime so july 19th Um, is radiant citadel and then august 1st dragons of stormwreck isle which i'm curious about and then the 16th is August 16th is Spelljammer, which is that three yeah, book, wanna... three mini book set that's coming out. Um, I was going to all... ask you, go ahead, Mr. Um, Forgotten Realms, where is Stormwreck Isle? Uh, no idea. I don't oh, know if okay. they made it. I was, up. I was wondering if it's at a place we know of. Is it? I wonder where it's um, at. Do you so th- yeah, I don't know. Curious. I thought you it's... Know. Okay. Chat. Stormwreck Isle. Chat sleuths. Where is Stormwreck? It's got to be Forgotten Realms, I would imagine. You'd think so. Stormwreck. Oh, have been. we did talk about this. I feel Stormwreck is a. It was a three point five edition, um, like nautical book that had rules for like 
like nautical adventures and monster mm-hmm. stuff. But Storm Rack Isle, I don't think is a is a place. Oh, okay. Maybe it just fits anywhere then. Yeah. Now I really want to know. Interesting. Yeah, I do too. Like, because to me, in my mind, it seems like that would be a Sword Coast kind of place. I mean, it sounds like a Sword Coast place. <laughs> it sounds very cool. Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. It's a. Some people online are saying it might be Dragonlands. Oh, a star. There's a Stormwreck Sea in the Magic: The Gathering campaign. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. Well, we'll see when we get it. Because I've actually bought, I bought the Essentials box set and I loved it. I thought it was a great box set. And when I read through it, if you're brand new to D&D and you want something, Fandelver is always a great recommendation. And that's a good one to go with too. But the Essentials kit they put out where Chris Perkins kind of redid the Starter Adventure ones. That was really good too. I like Chris Perkins Adventures. (laughs) Get the Essentials kit starter set or... I bet this would be pretty good, too. So I'm going to have all three of them. Yeah, and I I, I bet these sell more. We were talking that these probably sell more than you think. Yeah. And and that there's a correlation with, oh, like, I don't know, it's Christmas. My son's into D&D. I'll get this starter set. Mm -hmm. And then they get it. And then there's probably, like, a good 80% chance that buying that starter set also turns into a a PHB purchase at some point. Yeah. So uh, it makes sense that they're making new starter sets, because in my mind, I'm like, you already have the starter set. And then Essentials, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You're introducing some new rules. But then this one came out of nowhere. But boy, I I just know that it it it's got to turn into direct sales yeah. like for and every one of is... these we sell we're guaranteed to sell something else so yeah and i think while they were building this one they were building additional languages of them so i feel like this one would be one we would see if we took a trip to europe or something mm-hmm. and we were going through a game store i bet we'll see a version you know an italian or a french or a german version yeah you know i guess Spanish portuguese is the portuguese. big uh, oh, yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't know this until a, a year ago. But the RPG scene in Brazil, huge, oh, like there you go, so big, like they're mm-hmm. they love it, and so I'm like, that's cool, cool. that's really cool. Very cool. Which is why a lot of these like little indie itch.io stuff that Lex and mm-hmm. I review, like a lot of them are from South America because they're just cool. like, this is Very the cool. stuff we love. And um, mm-hmm. did you hear about the drive-through RPG? pocket quest design challenge. Oh, I was waiting to hear about this. So this is kind of cool. Uh, I think they're trying to compete with uh, Itch and Zine uh, Quest and things like that. So it's not a contest. It's a design challenge. But the idea mm-hmm. is that uh, DriveThruRPG is jumping in on this. It's called Pocket Quest. And they want you to make a RPG, 20 pages or less, um, pretty simple with the theme of summer camps and that's it and so you you make this you design this and then uh at the end we'll have two months so this started june 1st and then by mm-hmm. august 1st you're going to put it up on uh drive through ipg <laughs> ideally i guess mm-hmm. and then they have a whole bunch of like social media stuff that goes back and forth being like hey uh I don't know, like, you, did you finish the challenge? You get you get merit badges, is the idea. These these images that you can put on your 
drive through RPG page to be like, whatever. And it's a big thing to just kind of like whatever. You could give it away for free. You could sell it for a dollar. You could sell it for $15. Like it's all up to you. And DriveThru likes this because it's more content on their thing and it gets people to go to the website. And obviously this is beneficial for them, but it's also really good if you're a new tabletop RPG kind of designer or you want to like step into that realm to Mm -hmm. like, here's some support, like here's a starter kit, here's a Discord that I joined that has a whole bunch of authors and stuff. Um, I really think it's cool. Like I, I don't know. And maybe it's, maybe it's cause I've worked with, uh, Lisa Penrose is kind of like the person that yeah. you're in charge is in charge of all of this. And I've worked with her before. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I had to cough. Um, but, uh, I, I really like this. I think it's kind of cool. I, I was upstairs sick watching stranger things and I started writing down rules for an easy little D six camper system. Mm-hmm. So taking the ideas I was using for that modular D6 that I was trying to write and incorporating it into like, well, what if we just dumbed it down so that you're you're just a kid? You don't need superpowers. You're just kind of like a kid. Um, and we'll see where it goes. I am busy, but it's one of those things where sometimes the creative fire gets lit underneath you and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is amazing. And so I like challenges like this because it gives me a deadline to then complete um, if if there was a challenge that was like design a vertical hex crawl, I'm sure we would get this done I mean, real quick. Right on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but have it done by July. 31st. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but it's it's it looks pretty fun. So if you want to jump in, you can. Um, so are you designing rules and an RPG system, or are they saying a five e pocket sized adventure? It's a rules light. Uh, RPG. Well, let me so let me look at this. Vibey. So, what are what are the jam's rules? Um, rules yeah. light. The submissions should no long be no longer than twenty pages and act as standalone games. Um, ideal Very submissions cool. are concise and easy to learn. This is not a Wizards of the Coast DM's Guild thing. This is specifically right. drive through RPG and not a five E specific no. contest. This is a yeah. oh, this is really cool. This is um, the, the guy who created Blades in the Dark. I'm, I'll chat will remember his name because it's just left my mm-hmm. brain. And he is really big into these little three-page RPGs, pocket, and they do like these challenges once a year where they, you know, try to create like wh- exactly what yeah. this contest is. And, and it's just a way to get really like cool new ideas and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, Very cool. John Harper created Blades. John in the Dark. Harper. There you go. So, uh, so you're creating a really simple game. Um, uh, the theme is summer camp. So like whether mm-hmm. you're doing a, it says here, a lighthearted fishing simulation game or mm-hmm. a cryptid horror game, um, whatever you want to do, the, the theme is summer camp. There you go. Um, and then you just have to be uploaded by August 1st at 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and then if you want to kind of social media it out, there's some other stuff. And then there's a, a free starter kit to download. And I downloaded it, and a lot of it is uh, the badges that you kind of can use to upload, like, hey, I did this. Um, But there are a Microsoft Word template, which I thought was really cool, because not a lot of people have access to InDesign and Adobe and stuff. And then there are some other templates for Adobe InDesign and Scribner and some of these, like, more robust kind of uh, editing software. And layout software, I should say. So I, I don't know. I, I've written two pages so far on a really... And it does it says up to 20 pages. So if you just get like four pages or one page, you're probably okay. 
Like it's right. fun. I got my idea. Uh, okay. Nobody steal it, but I'm going to create the teenage romance simulator. Ooh. Summer camp edition. Okay. <laughs> did you do summer camps as a kid? This is a good question. I did not, but I watched every single summer camp so, movie so many there movies. ever was and wished my parents would have sent me to Man. a summer camp. Now, you know, I did do Cub Scouts. Yeah, I guess that kind of, maybe. A little bit, but we didn't, we weren't gone for days on end. And we weren't like at a camp where strangers were in charge of us for a week. Yeah. You know? Like I'd never done anything like that. And I had wished and wished as a kid that my parents would be able to do that. But yeah, I did a lot of Googling when I was researching this. <laughs> How can I send you, myself? What's that? What is the average summer camp stay? Do you think? Like you I just said a week. Say a week? So, yeah. That would have been in my brain a week. Six Maybe weeks. it's a weekend. <laughs> like you literally were. And I think this is a, uh, it's, it's very popular in New England. A month and a half on the east coast and i think it was one of those things where it's like no like parents still have to work they still have to do other stuff so it's like you get out of school you have like a week off go to summer camp you come back six weeks later and then there's like two weeks after that you go back to school so uh oh my poor son is not happy he's still not feeling well (laughs) um so I I don't know I went to church camps because I was a very religious family oh, and those that. were yeah. one to two weeks if I remember, yeah. um, but like I was like holy cow six weeks, so uh, and Steve Silver Boulet will know this but my uh, my other tour partner when I was working with the children's theater uh, her name is Megan Megan was went to summer camps all year long or uh, I mean she went to summer camps every summer. And when she was too old to go to summer camps, she became the camp counselors. Counselors, yeah. And then yeah, did yeah. that all for as long as she possibly could. And so she had all of these fond camp memories of, like, nice. songs. And it was the, like, four to six weeks that she would yeah. do at camp. And when you're working there, yeah, she worked. Uh, anyway. So I I also don't have a lot of, like, fun camp memories. But I, I did watch a lot of movies. So I'm well, wondering. The- one interesting thing, we have a camp that's here near us, and one of the counselors is in the reenactment group that I'm in, and they brought us out to do a show for the kids who had been out there yeah. you know, at that camp for a long time, and they brought us out, and we did a big medieval show of fighting and jousting and, and feasting and and got to eat in their cafeteria with them doing medieval foods. Oh, so fun. they kind of did a really fun thing. That was the only experience I went and, and saw a summer camp as an adult. Kids everywhere. Teenagers are in charge. It's like, <laughs> are there anybody here over 20? What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> What's exactly. Going on? But so. it was uh, the kids looked like they had a blast and they, they loved. Um, they had millions of questions about our armor and, and fighting. And they were just really seemed like they were having a good time. So I'm. I encourage it. I think if I had a kid, I would try to send him to a summer camp just for that fun. There was a, uh, and then when I was in Wisconsin with the same children's theater, they hired us to do a week long camp with the kids. Oh, uh, that was the play. And so yeah. during the day they would go canoeing and then in the afternoons they would rehearse with our show and then they would, you know, and so uh, that was kind of fun. Cause we got to stay at this really cool. Uh, that was where I saw my first baby skunk. And I was okay. like, oh, are they don't, I can go pet one, right? No, no, you can't. They, no, they can that. still smell. Um, super funny. Uh, they all have funny names. So part of the writing I did was coming up with like a, a name generator to like yeah, come up yeah. with something funny. Camp something. Yeah. yeah. Like 
And I like I was like, oh yeah, I can't play Crystal Lake. That's never been used before. It has. No. It has. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Jason. so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it got me really excited. I like RPGs. I like designing RPGs. I just have a hard time sticking to it. So I'm hoping yeah. that. Uh, you know, blessing in disguise, COVID, I was like stuck upstairs bored. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to write. And, you know, a whole bunch of research and time later, I have a framework of a little thing. I just need to, I need to know where my game's going, I guess. And, and, and then run it a couple times before I put it on the internet. That's the (laughs) other thing. So, um, so drive through RPG, anyone can enter. I think you guys should try it. Uh, there's no like print cost and let us know if you do. Yeah. We would love to. Uh, feature some of our listeners and just be like, hey, this yeah. is cool. And when it actually comes out, uh, maybe I can do a, I don't know, maybe we can come, not only highlight some of our other listeners, like I can make a video, but I also, I would like to be like, here's Jordan's process for actually coming up with <laughs> this. Like, I don't know, because I, I find that interesting when people are just like, so I didn't know what to do. And uh, then my dog like threw up on my carpet and I knew exactly <laughs> what I was supposed to do. So right, kind of funny. D&D Beyond uh, has released a free Vecna stat block. This is a challenge 26 creature for Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. Um, And it is free. It is called the the Vecna Dossier, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is another attempt by Wizards of the Coast, who has now acquired D&D Beyond, to get your email. They're like, here's here's a bunch of free stuff. You want free monsters? Hey, Mm -hmm. Vecna, you want a free Vecna? You want all this other stuff? Uh... Take those, uh, but in order to get those, you got to sign up for free. Now we have your email. We're going to advertise to you. Uh, it's not a bad thing. It's just what they're doing. So, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I also heard that there was like you could put a picture on the back of your character sheets that you could print out, or you could have on your character sheets on D and D Beyond, and then you one of them was Vecna on the margins of your character sheet. So I feel like that was another thing that I saw. I don't know. Yeah. And I wonder if it kind of was part of this Vecna stat block thing, but they were like, they were talking about um, just like an image or like a watermark image or like an image that's in the background of the things you're printing out, mostly like your character sheets. I thought. I don't know. Maybe it it gave a lot of new lore on him, which is kind of cool. Um, A lot of us in chat, if you, (laughs) it was funny. My, the Discord kind of, uh, I wouldn't say blew up, but a lot of us were just like, why does he have two arms? Like, why does he have two eyes? Like, what is mm-hmm. happening? And I was like, well, maybe he's missing his arm, and that's why he's got that, like, infinity gauntlet. But then he actively has two eyes. So I was a little upset. I was Well, not upset, but just like, what? But I Vecna before he loses. I, I guess so. <laughs> but I do like that he uh, was, hypothetically wrote the Book of Vile Darkness, and uh, his body, they have it, like, in his ribcage. Like, the Book of Vile Darkness is part yes. of him. And I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, we'll we'll see, lore-wise, where that goes. They changed a couple of things, saying, um, like, at, at some point, he left O-Earth uh, and went to go live in a place called Citadel Cavidius. Well, Citadel Cavidius is a domain of dread and he was imprisoned there in Ravenloft and couldn't get out. Uh, and so it was, it was kind of funny as we're going through this. It's like, and then after that he did this and I was like, but he was, he was like banished there. Right. And so, uh, I don't know. Kind of interesting. Uh, and couldn't he have 
regrown his arm and eye, but somebody still has the originals. Maybe relics, and that's what they're running around with. But he's regrown because he's, he's undead, though. Like, witch. is he really regrowing things? I don't know. He's the magic power that he has. I guess so. I think he could. He could have four arms if he wants them. <laughs> there you tentacles. Go. <laughs> so uh, they, this also goes in with our conspiracy theory about the um, obelisks within uh, all of the five E adventures. Uh, that in the the final adventure or uh, Icewind Dale, they specifically state that Vecna has been placing these out. So. Uh, it was like, okay, and now we have this brand new design for Vecna that isn't the Magic the Gathering design for Vecna. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. This is a very different art take on Vecna from the Magic the Gathering one. And it also says within the text here that Vecna is a time, is a, is a lich out of time in that he can kind of go whenever and wherever he needs to be tying in again with these uh, obelisks that seem to have existed, didn't exist kind of a thing going around. So uh, I think this is all part of the push for Mm -hmm. 5.56 edition. Uh, I was going to make a video, but I've, I've been sick and stuff, but I, I want to make another tinfoil hat video where we talk about like, what are the implications of this coming out? So I definitely want you to wear a tinfoil hat. Yes. That video. You have to, otherwise uh, the mind right. rays get you. So yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, some, he does have the new stat block features where um, he has a counter spell that is a ability, not a spell. So you can't mm. counter his counter spell kind of sucks. Uh, I, I would be curious to run this and have people be like, well, you know, and Sly Flourish did a, a really good analysis of, the uh Kanan's multiverse book what was that called mm-hmm. monsters of the multiverse i'm an idiot um compared to like that stat block compared to the original one in like volos and he oh. he specifically brings up the wizards where this wizard can cast these spells and then in the new one it's like we've turned those spells into abilities so now the abilities can't be countered um yeah. and what are the ramifications of that if you are a power gamer who's like, well, that's not fair because this wizard isn't playing by the same rules as my character. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I'm like, well, that's because it's a monster. But yeah. when you're saying that you're both wizards in this magical world where we're all wizards, like, well, why mm-hmm. can't I learn Arcane Blast? Well, you're because you're a player? So yeah, I, don't, I was yeah. going to ask you about that. What do you think? Yeah. Well, or and they're not playing with the subclasses of pl- that players get. So well, this know, was specifically like a conjuration yeah. wizard monster. Yeah. So yeah. I was so like, to me, I, don't I know. think yeah, I could see. I always imagine the NPCs can have abilities or items or things upon them or training they went through or gifts given to them by gods or other powerful entities. That even though they say they're a conjuration wizard and I'm uh-huh. one, we would be very different. Yeah. The the school I went to was a very different school than they went to, you know, and there 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 could be some differences there. And so I would never let that kind of just be like they have to play like I play because I'm not really playing monsters and I'm playing players that have lots of um, rules for players. Uh-huh. They have rules for monsters. So I guess it never bugs me. Yeah, I don't Maybe know. Maybe it does others, though. 
It does. Uh, and I, I have, we've had like, and I, I actively, I very much hate counterspell. So the idea mm-hmm. that I, as a, have a, as a monster has counterspell to do this really cool thing, um, kind of fun, but like, I, I have friends that would be very upset that they could, they can't be like, but I know that. And I'm like, but does your character, like <laughs> your character yeah. who grew up as this kind of a wizard, like maybe, maybe they, you know, see this and, uh, mm-hmm. He he gave a interesting Sly Flourish gave an interesting uh, analogy maybe is the word where running Tomb of Horrors uh, he had players that were constantly using Mage Hand to try and like unlock a door mm-hmm. and so the Sly Flourish was like well I don't really want you to do that so all the doors are fifteen pounds so you can't open which them with Mage Hand that, yeah. which is more and than Mage somebody Hand somebody would move. know that and they're like well that doesn't make any sense like blah 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 and he's like you don't think a Serac knows that that mage like <laughs> mage hand can bypass all of these traps like you don't think yeah. that he knew that he probably made every door 15 yeah. pounds on that for that exact purpose yeah. uh this rings true to that as well like you I don't think so. vecna knows that counterspell can be counterspelled so he created his own that you don't understand how the magic works yeah, so yeah i totally agree yeah, yeah and if you're fun. that kind of power you're gonna keep that secret you know like you're probably not going to tell a lot of people how I do arcane blast or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, but if a player was really interested in that, I would be, I would entertain the idea of turning it into some kind of ability if they wanted to like learn it much like a magic item, you know, like, well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, adding something in. And I think we all do that as dungeon masters every now and then we can add in something very cool that makes your, players allow them to do something that maybe is not in the rules uh-huh. but hey just a, a perfect example is in our game i have a bow that allows me to put hunter's mark and i don't have to use you know concentration. the concentration yeah. so i can still be a normal character and use the normal set i have but they're giving me this ability to do a hunter's mark because it just fit with his and my idea of how the character worked and and the bow is the thing that you know uh-huh. controls that so it's you know it's not in there but so i think you hit on it perfectly allowing them to quest or research or look for a way and maybe doing a, a, a fun mini adventure yeah to learn that would be really cool even though it's not specifically something they can just flip through the player's handbook and pick when they're creating their new character yeah and we're getting to that point with campaigns. Like I was, I was thinking about starting another campaign and people were like, well, are there any restrictions? And I'm like, yeah, I, I was, I was like, I, I don't want to bring, bring Strixhaven into this. I don't want, mm-hmm. you know? And so we're getting to that point where I'm like, I kind of, for the adventure I want to tell, yeah. I need to narrow down the scope of D and D. So, mm-hmm. um, but Vecna, he's out there. He's free. Check it out. Uh, I'm wishy-washy on the art, but, uh, I like the book in his chest. I think that's kind of cool. Money Cook Games. Very cool. Yes. Money Cook Big Games. Announcement. Big announcement for them. After 10 years, um, they are opening up the Cypher system for uh, just your average everyday creator, which they're creating a system reference document and an open game license for the Cypher system. So now, uh, Lucian, you can finally make your Cypher system camping simulator game yes I could. um and release it by yourself without paying money cook games anything because they're just giving mm-hmm. it away uh this kind of surprised me in that i was like 
why didn't they have that? I guess they didn't. And then you think about it, they really do everything in-house. They're the most unique game company because mm-hmm. they don't hire a lot of freelancers. Everybody's kind of like these on-staff paid people that are generating games for Monty Cook Games. Uh, and that's cool. This will also open up Monty Cook Games a whole bunch. And we were talking about this on the Discord as well. And I thought it was because of the rise of 5e Kickstarters. And they were like, well, we want to make sure that, you know, Monty Cook Games, like some supplement made for Monty Cook Games could also have a kajillion kind of things about it or make a million dollars and get in the news. But uh, the Discord was saying that it's probably Morkborg and some of the indie ones that gave theirs out earlier, like Mothership, like completely free right from the get-go. And those have a very, those have acquired a very large fan base in a small amount of time. And they think it's because of the OGL. And so it's like, Monty Cook Games is like, uh, well, do it, you know, like make, mm-hmm. make one for Cypher System. Anyone can make anything because they'll still own Numenera. They'll still own all of the yeah. games they've made, obviously. Uh, and by Numenera, I mean like the, the intellectual property that is Numenera, just like the Forgotten Realms intellectual, intellectual property. Just because I make a game for 5e, I don't get to use the Forgotten Realms. And just because I make a Cypher System game, I don't get to use Numenera. So, mm-hmm. But thoughts? I mean, you love Monty Cook and Cypher. I, and I love the Cypher System. Yeah. Um, and the, the one that comes to mind to me when you're saying others that have done it, Powered by the Apocalypse kind of feels a lot like this. And I think its popularity is because there's so many creators that can use Powered by the Apocalypse to make the games that yeah. they want. So if you want to build more community around cypher around your system games yeah you can't just wait for their team to build all of it give the community the ability to come in and start building lots of cool things too and i think that's great i mean there's there's all kinds of games i could think of that would fit in the cypher system because it's a little bit lighter of a system than say 5e or pathfinder but it's definitely a little bit more substantial than say you know kids on bikes or powered by the apocalypse powered by the apocalypse there's a little bit more crunch to it than that so it's a nice middle ground and it fits so many genres because you already have so many examples of it fitting in other genres that you really could do just about anything so i'm super excited i think it'd be really cool to have you know and i think yeah i was trying to think what game out there has yep. not been represented that I'd be like, oh, this would be the one that would really fit in Cypher system really well. There's so many cool franchises that are already getting games now that I would have used, like doing something like Aliens or G.I. Joe yeah. or some of those. They they finally have those and those are now coming out. Here's mine. I think I think one that would be really fun, and I there maybe there is a game out, but maybe a Transformers or a Voltron. Yeah, would be a really cool cipher system game where you could create the different things that come together and form a super thing. And, and that would be good for ciphers too, because it. it's like yeah. I've used this cipher, and now it's like Transformers feels like I don't know, like I used my gun and now it's out and I can't use it anymore yeah. or something. Like yeah. yeah, and just the the quick rolling of the d twenties and how yeah. the the intrusions can happen and how you spend your pools for points. Mm-hmm. So you you are using risk and reward. Um, and it, I think it would be an, and I believe Hasbro's making like a, a Transformers system. game with oh, okay. GI Joe and uh, <laughs> which I will buy then. <laughs> uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game already came That's out, it. 
And I think that is going to be the same system. So, but right, they're so they're working Voltron. on it. But I but you do Voltron. Voltron there, a really fun one. Or generic Japanese, like yeah. or the other Zoran Voltron, fighting. which was all the vehicles. Yeah, which was like twenty vehicles that came together instead of just five lions. It was like there's another style of Voltron oh he man the RPG. Based, uh, that could be cool too. Yeah, that could be cool. So so those ones big win for really cool. for the community. Like that's yeah. really what it comes down to. This is awesome. Yeah. And, I would like to see yeah. what they're going to provide, and are they going to give us artwork stuff? Are they going to provide? I don't think artwork, and... uh, but because usually system what. reference documents aren't artwork. They're like here is the specific wording that we use that make it a yeah. cipher system game. Gotcha. Um, because there was a there was a court ruling that is upheld pretty well that you can't copyright game mechanics i can't copyright the idea of rolling a d6 and Mm. saying that a six six is a success uh that is impossible but the way you describe it like you can copyright the text that you wrote so doing this is a way for and it was the same thing with 5e doing this is a way for me to make a 5e adjacent game without having to be like i can't really describe it as advantage and disadvantage but I can describe it another way. But now now you just can, you know. Now, mm-hmm. like, oh, if I want to make a game like Cypher adjacent because I love Cypher, then you mm-hmm. can. Um, or or where a lot of people do this is supplements. Like, I could make yeah. whatever, you know. And we didn't – we haven't really talked about this before, but I know of some people that are running a Eberron game using Savage Lands system. Uh-huh. And it made me think, like – that would be really interesting to run Forgotten Realms with, you know, a Cypher System or something like that. Like, I yeah. like the idea of doing weird things like that every once in a while. Um, mm-hmm. Or even running Numenera with 5e. Uh, and people that love that, you know, like, I have my homebrew setting or something. I'm going to make it. Here's the here's the Cypher version. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It does ask the question, are we going to get to the point where we have all of these system reference documents that like when Jordan and Lucian go to build something, you're like, well, here's the Pathfinder version. Here's the 5e version. Here's the Cypher version. Here's the Powered by the Apocalypse version. Play whatever system you want. We have made a version of our world, you know. Actually, now that I think about it, I've already done this. Not (laughs) officially, and I didn't release it as a game, but when I wanted, there was a anime um, that was called Grimgar, and when I wanted to run my first game as a dungeon master, I ran it at home with some work friends and I created, I used the cipher system because I thought 5e was too much to try to teach a group of people for a single, I, in my head, it was a single session, but cipher system as I'd been reading it was really easy to teach to somebody in just a single session. And so instead of using 5e, I used cipher system to build a game to play with friends at my house around the concept of that anime, which was you wake up from your world and you're in a tower and there's a bunch of like monks and clerics there that are helping you get up and they start to introduce you to this new world. And they tell you, we don't know why it's happened. We don't know what happens, but every day or every time on this anniversary, groups of people like you just show up. Hmm. So we try to take care of you. And the story goes from, that to you know that's what the the whole anime is about and i was yeah. like that's such a cool idea because it explains why they're playing characters who don't know the world and they don't know 
how things work. And that's yeah. what they were. They were all players who had not played. So I thought this is a perfect marrying of concepts. And I used Cypher system to pull it off. Yeah. And it worked really well. Built classes, used those mechanics, and everybody had a great time. And it turned into a four-session game instead of just a one. That's cool. And that's how I met also LB Hackamup because the people that played were at the same workplace she worked at. <laughs> that's how it's it, all you know, coming together. LB. <laughs> that's fun. Uh, I think, I mean, this is really cool. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see where this goes. Cool. Uh, Monica games, they're, they're making cool stuff. Um, the, 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 the amount of Kickstarters are going to go through the roof. I think now that like a lot of these game that. systems are opening up. So, um, cool. Free RPG Day is June 25th. I well, you you didn't say what game you would create. I said what game I would create. Oh, you didn't say what game Jordan would create for Cypher for Cypher. I've only played Numenera. Um, no, I don't know. Like I I probably I probably actually. So I feel like Numenera and Eberron are like adjacent in a way um yeah th- not the same but i'll say adjacent techno magic yeah and when yeah. i was r- prepping the eberron game i had um i was using the new monera for 5e that they released or uh arcane An- ancients of the arcane or something um and so i would do something similar like i think i would i would want to make uh an eberron game using the Numenera like class features mm-hmm. and stuff. I think that would, would you be lean into the, the steampunk part of it. Would you lean into just the technomancy part of it? Technomancy, I think. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe expand certain things like hacking challenges to understand. So, so oh, hacking cool. for yeah. an arcane perspective. So instead of a thief picking locks, you're actually like undoing web of arcane energy or something. I don't know. So very cool. I like it. I'd buy it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I got one customer, guys. Um, free RPG Day is the end of this month. And I don't, I, we should have been talking this up more, but I didn't even really think about it mm-hmm. until uh, Goodman Games started talking about it. But uh, it's June 25th. Um, and so go go out for Free RPG Day. I mm-hmm. called my, my local game shop and said, hey, are you doing Free RPG Day? And they said, yeah. And I'm like, awesome. Uh, and then I said, you know, next month is July 16th, DCC days. Are you doing that? And they're like, ah, oh, I don't know. I don't think. And I'm like, oh, you got to do it. <laughs> so I have two uh, game stores in my town, and one of them is doing DCC days. The other was wishy-washy on it. I'll probably drop by both just to see if they're they're doing stuff. But I want to run some games. Uh, so they're, uh, Goodman Games just released the... Uh, a preview PDF of the adventure. It's a zero level funnel that you can get for free for DCC days. Um, and for free RPG day, they're going to release a whole bunch of stuff too. Uh, you can go to freerpgday.com or goodmangames.com, but keep those on your calendar, June 25th and July. 16th. I feel like free comic day is around that time too. Or like my, maybe it's just my story. Comic day is in May. Is it? Cause I feel like my store combines them. Cause like yeah. when I go to pick stuff up, they have, rpg stuff but then they also have yeah here's some free comics yeah it's probably because they have leftover stuff so free comic book day is uh the first weekend in may um so that is come and gone that was may may uh something the next one is may 6th next year so (laughs) but but no uh my game store does free comic book day as well 
Um, mm-hmm. And so you'll notice, like, but their comic selection is so small. I think it's just one of those, like, if you're in that nerd area, you're like, yeah. And we also mm-hmm. sell some collectibles on eBay. Like, I think they all kind of just, that's how they make money. I don't know. So Yeah, very cool. And my comic book store sells a bunch of Magic the Gathering and Pokemon cards. And so I'm sure it's all, like... I don't know. It, anyway. It's really a gr- one of the greatest stores on earth, really. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Happiest place on earth. So keep those dates in mind. Yeah. Uh, Pathfinder report, go. Well, not so much a report, because oh. a lot right now of releases are adventure paths and things. Um, we are about to get the big um, drift crisis in Starfinder. For any of you Starfinder fans out there, that looks really fun. They've been putting out more videos on it. But I was just reading my Book of the Dead again just Ooh. the other day, and there was something in here that I thought was really cool. Um, they were talking about the types of undead, and the way they write this is kind of like listening to a Mordekainen or a Volo when they're talking about they, they have a, a first-person kind of view person who's in my studies. I found this and that, and they were talking about undead, and I thought the way he described them or this author described them was really cool because they said, you have the type of undead that's called a, a consummate undead. And these are the ones that um, choose to let negative energy in and it allows undead-like features to happen. So your your vampires, your liches and things like that. They're seeking it out and they're allowing this, this negative energy in. But then it talks about like the hungry uh, undead. And these are the ones where their hunger has gotten so great, it's the hunger that animates them not necessarily the desire for power or the desire to to do something. And so they're a different type of undead and that negative energy only affects a certain part. So like the so zombie, they let the negative energy in their entire body. Whereas the hunger is all about, there's just a certain part of a, of an undead. And then there's like this other part that they were talking about. So there's like three different ways that negative energy affects things and that kind of decides or, or helps put them in a, a category of undead. I thought that's such a cool concept that I've never gotten out of Dungeons and Dragons because they never really tie in skeletons and zombies. Um, Whereas this kind of goes in and says, this is what's happening. Negative energy is causing these things. If you have a full body negative energy, you're you're kind of this type of thing. If you're just maybe just your brain or maybe just your stomach is the only part where the negative energy has come in. Now you're, uh, you know, you're a white or you're, uh, you know, something that's like a, a, I was trying to think of not a wraith, but um, the ravenous ones. I'm just thinking, you know, zombies are always ghouls and stuff. Yeah. Ghouls, ghasts, those kinds of things. And then the, the ones that are constructs are ones where the negative energy is animating what's And that's left, where you get like a skeleton. But there's no, like, there, yeah. yeah, there's no consciousness to it. It doesn't do anything on its own. It's negative energy that is working on inanimate material. And that still is bones or whatever and, and stuff like that. And, that. and like, you're right. So zombies and skeletons and the things that are like that. So I thought that was a cool way to explain how undead work. And then they go into character options and how you could have this be a part of like maybe you're a part of this or you're a hunter of this um you know or whatever so if you haven't gotten this book i I, it's a great reference just to read about thinking about undead in general even if you're not using the specific rules from pathfinder second edition I just love the way they put this in, and it could be a resource for yeah, any of the games. It's almost play. like a, a scientific view of it, in yeah. a way. Yeah, yeah um, like they, they were really studying how and what is happening, 
And it, they talk about the balance between death and what life is. And he goes into this cool argument about life is only the vessel so death can exist. Like you have to have life and it has to die for there to be the undead, the dead. You know, so there's this cool dynamic it talks about in the book. It's just very interesting. So I just thought in a cool resource, even if it's not the game system you're playing, it's a really fun resource if you're into dead. And I love my favorite thing to add to any campaign is undead stuff because to me, players going full bore, I'm going to kill, mutilate, destroy undead is never wrong, right? Maybe it's wrong to go and and attack the orc village or maybe it's wrong to fight the elves or something. You know, there's a lot of moral conundrums that you can get into at times at tables. But the evil reanimated corpse. Go after the zombies. (laughs) Nobody's ever on the side of the zombies or the skeletons, right? So I always thought that's that's always Someone has to tell his zombie wife and kids. And then, yeah, there's probably a zombie uh, fan out there of the show and they're like, Look at that again. Zombie lives matter, guys. <laughs> man, he's against against the undead. That's funny. <laughs> so he's officially come out as being against yes. the undead hordes of the yes. Underdark. Yes. Uh, that's funny. No, that's cool. Um, and actually kind of ties into the uh, – I did, a, I did a, a YouTube video on souls and, like, what yeah. is a soul and what happens to your body and stuff. And there are some interesting rules, and it's, it's left ambiguous for a reason – but uh, the idea that humans in a D&D RPG setting have a dual existence where their soul actually belongs to another realm and their body belongs to the material realm. And I, I thought that was a really interesting way of saying it. And then they were extrapolating on that, like, fey creatures, their body and soul are both tied to the fa- fairy realm. So if they die on the prime material plane, there's no body. Like, both of it both of yeah. it dissolves back into the fairy realm, into the Feywild. And in this and, one, it talks about the negative energy on a soul. Yeah. That's how you get the ghosts yeah. and the ghasts and the incorporeal. Yeah, and that's and they were saying it too yeah. when the stuff I was reading is that a, a ghost is someone who got trapped in the ethereal plane. And so now they're tied to the prime material plane when they shouldn't be. And that drives mm-hmm. them crazy. And that's why ghosts can do all yeah. this other stuff. That's so cool. uh, it's it's fun. I, I mean, this is this is my jam. Like, I love yeah. lore. I love thinking about, like, well, why did this happen? Rather than just, like, I don't know, there's a big monster. Like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it what can do it these eat? things. Like, but then I, I like the idea that somebody studies that. And they try to find out, well, how did it get that? Yeah. Is it a genetics thing? Is it a... Uh, a curse is it a, yeah. a how a does magic, magic work something. and i like that idea yeah. like I'm, my body's going to be a vessel for negative energy now i'm a yeah. vampire like it's kind of cool yeah so i liked it so a good resource yeah super fun uh what's going on with magic oh, oh the magic God. the gathering D Baldur's gate set came out yeah uh, i'm gonna go buy it that's yeah that that's commander <laughs> i i totally right right over my head but that's a commander deck that i'm not familiar with how to play commander um, but uh, a lot of cool themed cards out there, like really cool stuff. So I got to get them. I got to yeah. get them for sure. And that's what I was looking up. Cause I was, I was trying to find just before the show started, if the Baldur's Gate one had come out and it looked like it did. But then I saw another little article blurb over to the side and it caught my eye. And I'm like, well, after today's show, I'm going to drive over to my game store today and pick up some of the Baldur's Gate stuff because I want the artwork and I want to see. And again, I haven't played Commander. I was going to ask you how to play Commander because you're the <laughs> gathering aficionado. I just know that it can be two to four people <laughs> that can play. But Yeah, and, and I think and it's you a have different to have one. Rules. Uh, 
you can only have one type of a card in your deck, and it has to be a hundred cards. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so it's a different anyway, like format. It's a different format, but it's still magic. Yeah, yeah. You're still playing magic. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that's so cool. So I want to go get all these because I think that'd be fun, and I want to bring them to Gen Con with us so that maybe we can have some and we can just yeah. whip them out and play. But then I saw on August twelfth, Magic the Gathering is meeting my favorite other fantasy slash sci-fi realm out there besides like Dungeons and Dragons is Warhammer 40k or even Warhammer Fantasy which I love absolutely and they're gonna come but they were like the juggernauts that fought each other in the gaming space I always thought in my head because it was like I always thought um, Warhammer being, well, we're going to win all the gamers over by doing a tabletop cool game. And D&D was like, no, we're going to do a tabletop RPG, and that's how we're getting all the gamers, and we're going to do stuff that brings them to our... But now they're coming together. It's like two villains or two... The superhero and the and the villain coming together to work together. It's just crazy. I love Warhammer 40K, and I love Warhammer Fantasy. To see them in a Magic the Gathering card set blew my mind august 12th go check it out um you can find this out on the internet they've only done a little bit of blur but they've started to show some of the artwork and i i hadn't really thought of a magic the gathering system that was futuristic in my head and i think they have done this but in my head only i think magic the gathering has been fantasy magic based uh and then in that medieval fantasy or ancient fantasy kind of stuff, it never dawned on me because they just did that neo-Japanese one. That That's I know the one I'm, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'd never thought of, like, how do we do a, a, a modern-day one, right? And Or even just a, a futuristic one. Now we're going to do Warhammer 40K. Uh, I will buy these cards. My wallet is going to be burning when I go pick all this stuff up. Yeah, I'm trying to remember yeah. the name of this set, but I can't. And I think it's a commander set also. Oh, it so is? Okay, that's kind of cool. understanding the commander set from the Baldur's Gate thing will help me also understand how to play this Warhammer 40k commander set release. We're going to get Tyranids in Magic the Gathering. Oh, my, <laughs> my head is exploding. It's just like bringing, you know, pop culture things that you love that you never thought would come together. And then all of a sudden there's an announcement that says, yep, we're coming together. Yeah. <laughs> It's so yeah, cool. it's like when Marvel and DC made their yeah. like crossover comics back in the day. Sure. Yeah, the Kamigawa set was very uh I guess there was magic, but like uh very techno cyberpunk. Yeah, I and it was weird. I thought it was weird because I remember they did a Stranger Things uh Magic the Gathering set, but that was like a special promotion. Mm-hmm. And this was like a core release. But yeah. uh I guess I don't know. You're not not running out of ideas, but like you're going to expand at some point. So, yep. uh, I liked it. Interesting. So I'm all about it. If you guys are into those two genres, um, that's the genre. Warhammer 40k and Warhammer Fantasy are the ones that when they got brought to Total War, and they turned it into a game that you, a tactical game that you could play using the Total War instead of doing a historical battle. They brought in this fantasy world of Warhammer. Uh-huh. Blew my mind, and it's so fun to go back and play all that stuff. That's why I always want the people that are building movies for Dungeons and Dragons. I want them to build movies for Warhammer 40k. I want them to, you know, I want the success. Some of those DD video games are really good. The War- Warhammer yeah. ones because they have so so much like 
history and lore and, and there's stuff, so yeah. much lore like if you were a lore junkie or you want to do a lore channel that's a lot of novels warhammer 40k has you covered because you'll be making videos for years if you're doing that that's a lot of a <laughs> lot of novels to read yeah oh man. good good authors good novels yeah i love it uh, Dark World. great well that's our show did you play? Well, you didn't play any because you were. I've been sick. Quarantined. <laughs> uh, I did. I did suggest in July that we should pick up. Uh, we should do the Eberron game. Yeah. And then I had three players make characters immediately and sent me backstories, and I was like, okay, I guess this might be happening. This is happening. So uh, we're gonna try and find a date for that. I just don't know when. Um. I don't know. And then uh, after the my play ends, um, which will be the end of the month. Uh, the Dungeon Crawl Classics crew were like, "Hey, we want to play too," and I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So they want to play. So I might, I might be like, full on playing lots of games here shortly. So that'll be good for me because I miss playing games a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. The, yeah. reading through these books and these pocket sizes, yeah, um, has has me really geeked. I'm so close to really just starting something up and running some players. And I think I might do something like we've been talking about, where grabbing some of the the show fans. We've done it before in my Revenor yeah. game, um, you know, just look for a couple of people and just say, Hey, can you play yeah. on this night? And, and uh, Steve who Steve Zirk, who has been uh, very generous with his um, mm-hmm. super chats and things like that. Uh, and being a member on the channel here, uh, he keeps telling me, Jordan, we're, we got to do this all drow uh, Patreon game. And I hear you. And I, I, this is, there is a plan to do that. And I think yeah. I'm trying to think Henry, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a, a price point, and maybe I'll talk about this on Patreon, but like I want to do like a Patreon tier and then maybe run like if you subscribe to this tier, I will run two games a month for like three months and then we'll get like six sessions and the and the game will be done. And I think that would be really fun. Um, but that is also yeah, something is- I want to do because you guys have been talking about it a lot and it'd be a lot of fun. So <laughs> uh, that's it. That's our that's our show. Very that's excited. Show. We could talk a whole bunch more, but I have to go uh, take a COVID test and see if I can perform in my play tonight. I've got to go buy magic cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will be back next week with another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Maybe with a guest. We'll see uh, if uh, Kugo jumps in and, and joins mm-hmm. us. If not, uh, this is fun. I love chatting next with you guys. for sure. I will be gone the 25th. So that's here next free week, RPG and day. And I'll be gone the next one. That is free RPG day. Um, maybe I'll do a live stream from my phone on free RPG day. That could be so fun. We'll see. Okay. Uh, take care everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh, and have a, have a safe, wonderful, uh, June. Bye-bye.